Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fifth season of this podcast, focusing on your mental health and well-being. And for this season, I am absolutely delighted to introduce to you my new co-host. He is no stranger to this program, having been the first guest on here two and a half years ago. And then again last year when he came to talk about the Manic Monologues, which I produced and he directed. He's an actor, writer and director working on the stage and screen. His career began on Nairobi stages in the early 2000s, after which he had a brief stint in the Philadelphia theatre scene in 2008. He returned to Kenya and featured in the acclaimed Kenyan films Nairobi Half-Life and Stories of Our Lives. He then co-wrote the musical TV series Groove Theory and the award-winning feature films Kati Kati and Supermodo. In 2019, he directed the feature film Lusala and the acclaimed stage show Too Early for Birds Mboya. Later, he performed the renowned one-person play on mental illness, Every Brilliant Thing. He's a member of Kenya's premier improv comedy group, Because You Said So. Now, if you haven't already guessed, my new co-host is none other than Mugambi Nthiga. Welcome, Mugambi. Wow. Yeah, when you put it like that, it's like, wow, this is real. This is real? Yeah. You're nervous about being my co-host. Why? Well, I've not been on radio before. Okay. Especially not on something that has been established and made awesome by someone else. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like this is a little bit of revenge because you put me on stage for the Manic Monologue. So now I'm putting you in the hot seat. Well, uh, yeah. No, I think this, this has us even. <laughs> you doing five performances on stage and me, you know, doing a radio show with you. For the next however many exactly, months. Exactly. How exciting. Sounds very balanced. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel like another revenge is coming from your side. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Manic Monologues because, yeah. first of all, you and I have known each other a quite a short time, actually. If you look at it, three years, we first did an Engage Talk together. Yes, yes. in mid-2020. Was it mid-2020? No, I think it was late 2020. Yeah, no, no, you're right, July 2020. It was July yeah. 2020, yeah. Yeah, and it was in the midst of COVID. Right in the midst of COVID. Remember how they had only a certain number of people in the room? Yeah. If we were going to have our masks off yes. and were social distancing, yes. there was literally someone in the room who had a count on the number. And if there was more than 15 people... I remember that. At the MJ Center, you yes. have to chase one person out. I remember that. It was absolutely crazy times. It was times. crazy. I, it was I, crazy. I think, I'm sure there'll be films about this. And actually, it's interesting because I watched a film recently and everybody had masks on. It was part of the story and they didn't even have to say it was COVID. Yeah. It was just, but I think we'd look back on these years and those two years, 2021, and just think, and did it really happen? That. Exactly. I think, I think the same thing now. Uh, we were looking, I've been home for the holidays with my family and, uh, my mom and I were looking at pictures from an event that had happened in January of 2022. Okay. So last year. A year ago. Yeah. yeah. And there was not a single person that did not have a mask on. Wow. And so all of the pictures have just, you know, from, eyes. From, yeah, eyes and foreheads. <laughs> Which I found really it. difficult because we communicate with our faces and how you're feeling. Yes, your eyes say a lot, but also your mouth, the jaw. You can tell it's a true. lot I mean, from a person. A, there's a lot of stuff that's being projected. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so that was interesting. So that was, I'd forgotten that there were only 15 people allowed in the, and that included all the tech crew and yes. everybody who recorded Engage with us. Yeah. There was so, literally people walking into the room, setting up the equipment and leaving and, and sitting outside. Wild times. Wild <laughs> times. Gosh, I, I would not 
not wish that well, on us again. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy times. I'd love to do an engage now where it's a live audience because both my engage and TEDx were both recorded. Mm. We couldn't have live audiences. Mm-hmm. Would you like to do one? I think I would. I'd be. I don't know if I would have handled the one that we did with a live audience. Yeah, that was. Oof. Yeah, and mine was heavy too. For those of you who haven't um, listened to us, please do go. They're both on YouTube. Just Google it and have a listen to Mugambi's story and mine as well. And if Don and Agatha are listening, we both want to do a live one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so there was that. And then I started this show pretty much straight after that recording. And I couldn't get anyone to come and talk about mental health because it was so stigmatized. And I thought of you because you shared your story on Engage. And you came on. What was it? Do you remember what it was like being on the first show of Mindfulness Music? can work. Do you know I actually cannot? You can't. It was no. 20, around the 20th of July that we recorded it, 2020. Oh man, yeah. There's a lot. Did you find that there's a lot from that time that you can remember? Yeah, it well? feels like a surreal time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were in this. I do remember the first show though. Of course. Because I was I, so I nervous. Remember, yeah. Yeah. And, I was... and look at you now. Uh, look at me now I can talk <laughs> no no issue getting guests now yeah that's exactly so now people message to say can we come on the show but that first show the first in fact it was you Fareed a friend of mine Ria I was literally asking people I knew yeah now it's like yeah I get Instagram DMs to say can we come on your show this is my story which I love and now and we started with like just a few people listening and maybe five seven thousand downloads on SoundCloud we now have forty thousand for each look episode imagine People want to talk about mental health. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's exciting. Why? Look what you started. Oh, my God. It's wonderful. I'm really, really, really happy for you. Really proud of you. Thank you. But you're now part of this. So why do you want to be part of mindfulness music and more? What's, what's the whole thing around mental health? It's the conversations around it. Yeah. It's the fact that you can be in the middle of something and think that you're alone and not really, for context, let me put it this way. I was only able to have a really honest conversation with my mom. And I notice you've grown closer. We've become something of friends as we grow older. Uh, But I was only able to really confess and say, this is what I was going through in 2010. uh, When when I I was really now inside it and say, this is what was going on. And she said, you know, I had a feeling. And it was the first time I was able to admit that I was just too ashamed to say that that's what I was going through. Because who do you tell hey, I'm in the middle of a depressive episode and has me not wanting to get out of bed or has me sitting in the car on the way to work and just bawling my eyes out and thanking God for tinted windows and hoping no one comes up to the car oh, to check wow. on you. Okay. You know, how, how do you say then? Now it's become part of, of the zeitgeist. It's part of the conversation. We almost make jokes about what it's like to have depression and yeah. anxiety because it seems to be something that a lot of people are experiencing now, but I would bet that a lot of people were experiencing it then. Just just didn't talk about it about it yeah Yeah. so that's I, I really want to have the conversations brought out and this I believe is what art does and what media like these do yeah because we bring it in an accessible format because it's radio right so and it's very much about people's stories and authentic storytelling but that was what the manic monologues was because I remember when I saw the script and I knew that I wanted you to direct it and I didn't even think of anyone else and I gave you the script and I said you're doing it and you hadn't even read the script (laughs) and you looked very hesitant what was it about the manic monologues that you felt yeah I want to do this I don't know if you remember but when you were sending the script over to me and we had to put it on haters for a few months yes I was in the coast in March and uh, March of last year took a break you know from Nairobi Nairobi can be tough yeah um, yeah 
That's the non-statement. Yeah, that the hustle, the yeah. hustle culture gets me. It does. Yeah, it does. And 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 it seems like everyone is programmed to be that way. And, yeah, you know, the energy is on a high out. all yeah. the time. I step out onto the street now. This is a nice space. We're in the studio. Yeah. I step out onto the street and then have to put the suit on. Yeah. And then boom, just yeah. just move. And I took a break. I was in coast for a month. I, I really was there just to get a feeling of what it might be to be living outside of Nairobi. Oh, that's really why I did it. So oh. me and my dog Superfly got into the car. <gasps> You're, by the way, Superfly is gorgeous. He used to come for uh, the Manic Monologues okay, rehearsals at our house, and um, I love him. He's and, gorgeous. And he keeps saying you want to take him, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll adopt him. <laughs> I'll adopt him. <laughs> Are you sure you want to give your baby? We, we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> come back at the end of this season to see how this turns out. <laughs> so reading it out there when I was all at peace and stuff was really I think I was like yes if a manic monologues had come out in 2010 when I was wondering if what I was going through was normal and then I went to a plane so that those people going through extraordinarily more complex or um, or had a larger longer history with the stuff that they were going through when I'd been through it for just a couple of months then that would have opened up my mind and my perspective to what mental health is about and there's something that had been said I think you said it or someone else Someone said that we are all, and I say it all the time now, we're all comfortable now with talking about yes. mental health. Yeah. It's become all the buzzwords. Yes. But we're still very uncomfortable about talking about mental illness. Yes. Yeah, and, and that for me was like, okay, then, oh, then then let's have the conversation. Yeah, fantastic. And I think the Manic Monologues really did that for us on a huge stage. We'll talk about that when we come <laughs> back. Let's have a listen to a song first. You've chosen a song by Gabrielle's. What is it and why have you chosen it? So Love and Hate in a Different Time has a very unique sound to it. I think Gabrielle's has a gospel music history and I used to listen to a lot of gospel. And he now has this, he experiments with all these unique sounds. And this showed up on my Spotify and I've been playing it okay. incessantly. So, All right. Enjoy. Okay, let's have a listen.
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mugambi Ntiga. So, tell me, Mugambi, you want to ask me something? I feel like I'm going to be on the hot uh, hot seat now. <laughs> no, I, I've interacted with you. Yes. Because we were in the same Engaged Talk cohort. Yes. And you were very, very frank and honest, not just about the more tragic aspects of your life, but the more hilarious ones. <laughs> on your path to recovery. You know, I'm getting really nervous now. I'm not used to being in the hot seat. (laughs) So for those of you who have not listened to Shalini's talk, she talks about how she lost two of her very close family members, her dad and her husband, to cancer. Yes. And then while we were recovering from this sort of like double punch, emotional double punch of her story, she then went on to speak about how she intentionally pulled herself up by the bootstraps. I don't know what that means. And then went on and went serial dating. Yeah, I was a serial dater. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And over the course of a very short time, dated, seven months, seven months, yeah. Dated how many people in seven months? 21 guys. 21. <laughs> <laughs> when I say dated, huh? I didn't like sleep with all these guys. This is always the thing that people go, wow. You said, no, I dated like one was just a coffee and I was like, I never want to see this guy again. And yeah, one week I had like five dates and one Saturday I had two dates, a lunch and a dinner. It was so much fun. Look at that. So I'm wondering what the response has been. What two and a half years later? Yeah. People come to you and say, yeah, I watched your engaged talk. What what is it that that they say to you about how they felt? Well, I think the overriding one was, okay, so I talked about my bereavement, then I talked about the dating, and then I said about how actually I was looking for happiness in a man. And I'm telling you, that's a futile endeavor because men are more manenos than anything else. (laughs) But I had a lot of fun, and, and what they did was give me companionship and laughter and fun, and actually gave my confidence back because I never really dated. I met Jeremy when I was 21. And so these guys gave me confidence at the age of 40 to go out there and just have some fun but I when it became stop being fun I stopped and then I started working on myself and my own happiness and I realized I could find happiness without somebody else and I was ready to travel the world so that's where I kind of ended my story on engage and a lot of people then they were like so what happened did you find love in the end so because I hadn't I had ended the story before that my next stage of life so that was the biggest question what's happened to you since then and since then as you know Mugambi I met Amr and I'm madly in love with him and we will be and all are beautiful together oh yeah <laughs> I know and it's so sappy we and we'll be three years already together no 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 we're not getting married or anything oh, I thought I, that I, was what you thought I, I was like, <laughs> no no we'll be, we'll be together three years 
this month, February. That's wonderful. So, so that was kind of the story. But I think what's been really fun for us is we've now seen birthdays together. We've seen the beginning of a year, two New Years together. We've seen so we're starting to create traditions mm. that I had with Jeremy, but they're different traditions. Mm. They are traditions, mm. and I absolutely love that. So yeah, I'm excited. It's an exciting time. Right, you look a little more relaxed now. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, where is this going? How about you? Have you had much feedback about the Engage Talk? Because I think you've opened up a lot more about your story since yeah. then as well. Well, I'll keep this on short because I have a few more questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, the feedback has been a lot of resonance. Okay. A lot of resonance because the whole point behind the story was uh, 2020 brought us to this global pause like i don't think there's anything it, it we could say that covid has been the most consequential thing that has happened in our lifetime yes to um, date like to as date. a global yeah, community as a global community yes and i was still figuring it out mm. and wondering where we were going to go from here and my dream at that point was that all of us would reach like this Reckoning, You know, there was a lot of, you know, George Floyd had happened by that point. The global yeah. awareness of racial issues and women's rights was at the fore. And of course, justice as it comes, as far as climate change goes and healthcare systems go. And I really was looking forward to an awakening. Do you think it happened? I don't, I do not think it happened. I think it was about to, but then the world went back to the new normal. And I think there was a rush to take us back to where things were before. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not saying that the awakening did not happen. It just needs to happen. And I think as it ought to on a very individual level. We weren't all going to go into this Zion. Together. No, but I think it has happened, awakening for some people, huh? I think it has. I think well. it has, but I think a lot of people were ready to go back to the hustle. That's the thing I was so disappointed in. Yeah, but then that's everybody's journey, right? It's yeah. all different. But I think, I don't know, Nairobi, man, the hustle, people went back to it quickly. <laughs> and not just the hustle, but the Shereha as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah. Uh, you have become quite, well, you're back on social media after the manic monologues, and you've been quite open about your journey with depression yeah at the moment right now saying mm-hmm. that you got diagnosed with it i believe in november yeah so late october early november right. almost sort of three four weeks after we finished the manic monologues what's that been like so it's interesting right because it's probably the fourth or fifth bout of depression i've had i am prone to depression i just know that no matter what i put into place i am prone to it so i have to be really aware of it i think the manic monologues and you'll attest to this was emotionally, physically, financially draining. And, but it really was, but at the same time, it was inspiring and uplifting and such a seminal piece of work um, that I'm very proud of what we achieved last year. And when I look at last year, I choose to look at that as a really positive aspect. There were some tough times in it, but I think for such an intense show, I wasn't surprised that there were. And when I look back on it, it's always the good things that come out to me, especially like the messages I'm still getting. I got a message a few days ago saying, Manic Monologues changed my life. I wasn't showering before. And then I came and saw the show. I went home and I showered. And now every day I'm up and I'm showered and I've you know people were seen and heard but it was so draining that I think after the show I didn't handle it well and I just sank really low and I ended up days not being able to get out of bed and just crying at the drop of a hat and just feeling tired and then not sleeping at night so insomnia is a big thing for me when I have depression so I went to see the doctor and I think I just needed him to 
say yes you've got depression yeah. here's the meds he didn't he just confirmed what I already knew but I got it early enough so that it wasn't that low I always say that now I don't fall as low because I know the signs and I ask for help a lot quicker um, and I'm on the road to recovery I'm feeling much better I came on I actually stayed off social media quite a lot and then I only came on I've done a few videos just to say this is what depression looks like because and I was all I had my makeup on and you know you wouldn't if you looked at me you wouldn't think I have depression but that's what I want people to understand that there are good days and bad days and depression can look like me fully functioning or you don't see what's behind the scenes yeah. when Amar is trying to get me out of bed to say come on let's go have a shower let's go out and I'm like no eat something no people don't see that dark side I'm very open about it because I think a lot of people will empathize maybe they've been through it or their family members and I think if I'm not honest about something I'm so passionate about then how can I expect other people to be honest and vulnerable on this show and tell their stories aside from seeking medical intervention and taking your medication are you still on the meds now I am still on the meds and I plan to stay on them for a bit longer yeah. because they're doing good but I've changed everything I've said no to work I was writing a book which I just was not serving me well so I uh, wrote to the people who'd commissioned me and gave their money back I mean huge huge oh. changes and I thought that was a failure when I did that because it was a big professional thing to do but actually what happened was I feel there's a strength in that to say I put my hands up and say I can't do this I'm not in a good space my well-being comes first so I've made a lot of changes made some changes personally which we will talk about over the next few shows and yeah just really put myself and Amar and our relationship and my health first mm. And I think I feel really good for it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. You've been big on community. I get the sense that uh, you've had a supportive community around you, but you have also built a larger community of people who might not know you personally, but have access to your story, have access to the work that you do, including this show. Yeah. How important has this community been? So I, I love it when I hear from them or when they say your story touched me or I understand because I'm going through it. I think the community is growing. The people who are willing to talk about mental health is growing. I'm excited by that because like we said when I first started this show nobody wanted to talk about it and then COVID happened and people yeah. were talking about mental health but still there's a stigma around it so the community gives me hope but it also gives me validation in a way to say what you're doing is worth it the stories are touching people we're making a difference for me there's two things I want to do in life I want to be happy and I want to make a difference. And the way I want to make a difference is mental health because for me, mental health is such, I'm so passionate about it because of what I've been through and what I see other people go through. So yeah, the community just, it gives me hope. It makes me happy. It's wonderful. Cool. <laughs> Look, let's go to a song yeah. before we carry on. It's my song choice this time. I'm going to choose a song called Ye Aina from the film Kabir Singh. I love this song because I'm a dancer and I've choreographed it and I love dancing to it. So have a listen. Ye Aina. Jo roz mujhko sawal 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mogambin Tiga. Mogambin, do you meditate? I do. Okay, well, I, it's a stupid question because you used to make us meditate before every rehearsal at the Manic Monologue. Do you, like, guide yourself or do you do guided or how do you meditate? Yeah, so meditation was, until I read a really well-written article in a men's magazine about it, it was this strange thing, you know. I imagined people seated cross-legged in a lotus position. Chanting, prayer yeah, beads, incense sticks. That it, kind of thing. That drives me, oh, I hate it because it makes it seem so sort of, I don't know, yeah, like, like exotic in a, inaccessible, and inaccessible, yeah, yeah, and mystical. Yes. Yeah, so they broke it down really well. It was Esquire magazine. Oh. Esquire is like, I would never, you know, put those two together, Esquire. And, meditation. And, and, and meditation and mindfulness for those Esquire fans out there. So they broke it down really, really well. And I was like, okay, I think this is worth trying. And I downloaded an app that I use up until now uh, the Calm app a lot of people use that actually yeah, yeah. and it's it's really popular I, th- I think it was the most popular app that year which was 2017 and the guided meditations new meditations every single day and they take different approaches and one of them has a lesson attached another one has just a guy talking and reminding you about how the whole experience of humanity is such a unique thing and we just talk I mean he will guide you through the meditation and then at the end sort of remind you that being human is this really colorful process mm. of joy and sorrow and ecstasy and agony and that's fine if i love tuning in now i'll say i don't do it every day i don't do it as often as i should but it has always done me well i think the biggest lesson i've learned from it even while trying other forms of meditation is that sitting and allowing what's in your brain what's in your body to just happen yes for 10 or 20 minutes a day it's invaluable Absolutely. And I think that's just it, right? Because a lot of people think they have to meditate, they have to empty their mind. You can't, no, you yeah. Can't. So it's just being aware of what's there and, and understanding that you have thoughts and yeah. they'll come and go. And emotions, you just said happiness, sadness, anger, fear, they're all valid emotions. You know, we talk about positive and negative emotions. We should take that language away. Emotions are emotions yeah, yeah. and they are good emotions and bad emotions that we, that's how we put it. But no, yeah. emotions are just emotions anger is not necessarily a bad emotion what's not good is how we may express it and how we deal with it so it's our actions that might not be valid that's true 
So and I found at least with them, I realized I really grew up without a sense of self. You know. Yeah. A lot of I, I noticed a lot of people self-centered behavior, what would be called because we throw this word around, you know, blatantly now, narcissistic behavior. Yeah. Self-centeredness is actually because someone doesn't have a sense of who they are. Yeah. And meditation for me was someone put it this way: watch the thinker. Yeah. So there's a person thinking, then who's doing the watching? And I have now discovered the person who's doing the watching. I'm able to step out and be like, oh, there's that tingling that's going on in my yes. arm or there's that very uncomfortable emotion that feels like my face is flushed yeah and if i'm able to do the work within those 20 minutes and when i say work i don't mean like labor yeah like, yeah, like yeah. A laborious painful process work. i mean you're sitting then yeah and allowing whatever to be to be then the road rage isn't as much of a big thing <laughs> I can sit and I'll swear at someone. I still do that. <laughs> uh, but then sit and be like, why? So why, why did we do that? What were, exactly. what, were you, what were you feeling at that point? What do you feel right now? Do you think that maybe if something rises up, you can be a bit calmer next time? Especially if you feel like, you know, rolling down your window and Shouting. Flip, flipping someone off yeah. is not who you want to be. Then uh, what's the alternative? That's so valid here in Nairobi, because huh? Nairobi <laughs> is, traffic is like... Oh, it's crazy yeah. okay <laughs> character development as people say when i first uh, got into a car with amar and he had like he would shout at everybody and i'd be like you realize nobody can hear you except me so now he uses the word muppet a lot he'll just say muppet all the time is that like his, <laughs> yeah. his word to- that's his like his word to swear which is okay so like between here and say nanyuki probably said muppet like 40 times but it's okay and then it was actually it was me who started swearing when ah, we right. and right. he's like what's wrong with you so I'm the only one who can hear it. Places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't even driving, so you, you, you lead meditations. You do meditations here on the show, yeah. Because I know you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. Yeah, so man, 10, 15 years now. I love meditation. I absolutely. I feel like it brings me back to center. It brings me back to self, which is what you just said. But I, what I don't like about meditation is this mystical idea mm. of what it is. Because at the end of the day, it is just awareness. Awareness of your breath, awareness of a mantra, awareness of your body, and just allowing whatever it is to be. And I, I'm not saying don't use the prayer beads or use the incense stakes or sit cross-legged if that's what you want to do. But you can just do a meditation standing at a supermarket, uh, keep your eyes open and just focus on your breathing. Mm. That's meditation. Or you can even do meditation when you're eating. That's mindful eating. So you're just focused on what you're eating. So there's, I mean, there's, it's it's more it's more complicated than that. But I feel that we shouldn't make it as complicated to make it inaccessible. Yeah. What I want people to do is just focus and be aware and be mindful of whatever it is that's around them and in themselves. So let's do a quick meditation now. I'm going to do sure. my favorite one. It's All Is Well. Um, I love this one. And, and it was created when I watched Three Idiots and Amir Khan says, All Is Well. And what he was saying is that you just tell your mind and your heart that all is well and it will be. So you sit quietly for a moment. If you want to close your eyes, you can. And you bring your attention to your breath putting your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your stomach. And you honor every breath into your body and every breath out. Breathing in and out through your nose. And that's all you're focused on. You might feel your heartbeat under your right hand. You'll feel the rise and fall of your stomach. And On the next in-breath, I want you to think or imagine the word all. Hold your breath, think the word is, breathe out the word well. Breathe in all, 
hold is breathe out well all is well and a couple more times in your own time breathing in all holding is breathe out well if your mind wanders just bring it back and pick up the words with your breath all is well and then when you're ready just bringing your awareness back back into the space back to my voice and slowly opening your eyes how was that that was nice it's only a couple of minutes yeah and that's all you need really and your mind and your body think all is well even if stuff's still happening all around yeah, you absolutely. and the idea is that you come back to it with a sense of clarity your mind is a bit more clearer to deal with whatever's happening in front yeah. of you i use it a lot actually um if i'm about to go through a difficult situation or we're having problems with our neighbors where we live and before i have to deal with them i say to myself all is well mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah and that just, helps you deal better it does help me deal better because it stops my um because the 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 intention that usually the the thing is is you react mm. and you don't want to react in a th a way that's going to make it worse yeah. so this just helps you calm down before you react before we go to the next song choice i wanted to ask you have you got a word of the year because we're at the beginning well it's february but uh, <laughs> yeah i do what's your word it's intention ah you know how many people are telling me this so why Intention. I, I actually have to credit my friend Angela, Angela Githuthu, she's a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, we got to hang out by chance in that in-between space where you don't know what date is and what date it is. I, I love that time of year. And um, and she said something about how she has um, spoken in, into people's lives and walked these journeys with them and they've become much better because she believes that she's actually, I mean, she has a really plum job somewhere, but she has passions and really wants people to be better and I was like well I want some of that and um, we had a whole conversation and I realized I'm not really intentional about things because and I'll admit this to the world I feel like I um, succeeded too soon in really some things. yeah ah, what yeah. too young too soon what does that mean by that I mean that um, as far as my film career went yeah I, I encountered success very quickly okay uh, with a couple of the films that I made yeah going very very well and I, I imagined because it happened then you know I sat and waited yeah and let 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 the good things come and they didn't in another world I think that would happen yeah but that was not the world that mm. I was in then it's definitely not the world now and I realized that um, the good things that I want are still going to have to happen by my hand and um, what I did then is not necessarily what I ought to do now. Okay. Yeah, so I had never, I realized I'm afraid of asking myself the question, what do you want? Because mm. I fear I might not have the answer. So I've really been asking myself that question over and over again. And have you got the answer? Yes. Are, are you willing to share? Yeah. Okay, go on. What do you want? I really want to tell stories okay. about humanity and enable the telling of stories about humanity that enable people to feel more human. Wow. And it's not an accident, you know, when you make that intention, yeah. then suddenly you're having a conversation with Shalini. Yeah. And here we are having this conversation right now. Yeah. With me being your co-host. Yeah. There's something really powerful about the intention that you bring to things that I think 
is is powerful it's otherworldly it's really interesting because when you talk about manifestation if your intention is not clear you will not get you will not manifest what you want yeah. so intention is actually the key aspect of abundance and ma- manifestation and here's the other thing someone said that you can't have intention takes vulnerability yes you realize that you're so far away from this thing that you want yeah and it takes a lot of courage for you to say well this is a distance and I'm this is what I'm willing to do to close the distance before you even do anything else yeah you just say yo I want to close that distance and I'm willing to actually take the steps and then that's it's scary I, I can't say that I have it all figured out but that's where I'm at but in a way the manic monologues was telling stories about humanity wasn't it so in a way you are doing that already as well I, I was absolutely yeah. abs- a- absolutely uh, here's the other thing about intention is that you only need to take a few steps back to realize what how your life has shown up yeah I, I, even without being even not being intentional is intention yeah. on its own yeah and and yeah, at yeah, those yeah. points where you step up and say okay so this is the thing i'm willing to do and um i i i i, I passed on the opportunity to do an engage i was i was scared you know and then and then you say no no don't pass on it just stand up there and talk and do the thing i don't know if you remember but we started the story i started my story three times Oh, I don't remember. Third, it was on the third take that I was able to get it through in time. Okay. I was on meds at the time and right. and they were just kicking in as I was about to get on stage and so I was very yeah. disoriented. But I watch I can't watch that engaged talk now without tearing up a little wow. bit because I'm like I I did it. You did it. What's your word? Okay, so my word is uh introspection. Wow. Actually, I've got two words, introspection and growth. So I feel like since I came to Kenya three years ago, I have just been hustling and doing stuff. <laughs> and this show, which I absolutely love, it's my baby, and uh, the manic monologues and mindfulness show, uh, workshops. And I've been on radio and TV and done a lot in three years. I need to stop. So mm. I want to carry on with the show with you. And I want to just... I am reading and I am learning and mm. I'm watching so many YouTube. I'm like I've devoured books over the last two months. Uh, we'll talk about them, but yeah, yeah, like things like Conversations with God and I'm I'm reading a course with miracles now. And I'm just I want to learn. I want to grow. And so it's all about introspection. It's all about inner growth. Yeah. Um and I want to step back from the hustle a little bit. Right. And I, I've already done that. I said that earlier with the book and things. Yeah. So introspection. All right. That's the word. Right, let's go to your next song choice. It's Naked <laughs> by Kraken Smack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why have you chosen it? That song is just full of good vibes. Okay. It's just a good vibey song. You know what? Just listen to it and you'll understand exactly what I mean. Okay, let's have a listen.
and welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Mogambin Tega. And me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. All right, so we are on to the last bit of the show and I like this bit because we <laughs> ask ourselves all these interesting questions. You've asked me these questions before. I now get to ask you. <laughs> okay. So, you are away, cast away on a desert island. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then you're obviously ready for these questions. You can take one book with you. What book is that? I really struggle with this, this question because I have so many books. It's my thing. I right. love books. I don't collect anything else. And like I said earlier, I'd read Conversations with God, which was um, by Neil Donald Walsh, which yes. was channeled, actually. It was like a message from God for yeah. him. And I'm not religious, but I don't look at it as Conversations with God. I think of it as Conversations with a Higher Power or the Absolute. Or, but it was so powerful. I also read a book recently called I Am an Island by Tamsin Kalidas, which was a really great book about being on an island, but it was all quite miserable. <laughs> so, so I'm going to stick with my old favorite, A Suitable Boy by Vikram Set, which is a book set in India. It's a monster of a book. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've read it four times since it came out, and I love reading it. It just evokes an era of independence around in India. It's so beautifully told. It talks about the arts and it's just a story about a girl whose uh, family is looking for a suitable boy for her to get married to. It's just beautifully told. Um, so I'm going to take that one. All right, so a suitable boy. <laughs> what about you? What book would you take? So I've been thinking about this all this time. Okay. And I have to say, um, I would love to carry the autobiography of Malcolm X as told to Alex Haley. Okay. I read that book last year and I think, and and I had the time to read it in March when I was taking my uh, yeah. sojourn into the coast. And, and um, I, I think there's something about how, let, let me put it this way, if you have not read the book, you don't know what book you're going to be reading until you read it. It oh. is an actual autobiography of his life. Okay. But there is so much in there that is that weaves together what the experience of being a black man um, around the era of the civil rights that we know about. But what is it that would lead someone to that? Okay. And Malcolm X sees the world in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way. Okay. It's actually a really enchanting, uplifting book. I love books that you can go to again and again and maybe get different uh, messages from and stuff. So I would imagine that's that kind of that book. is absolutely it. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Um, so cool. our second question is, if there was only one song you could play on this island, what would that song oh, be? Oh, I really struggle with this. Being a dancer, I have so many songs. But there's one song that I play a lot because it's our song, Amaris and Mine. Oh, it's wow. Called, so you have a song. Yeah, we have a song. Yeah. How it's do called, people get a song? Uh, so I I choreographed it and I sent it to him when we were first going out and he was like oh my god that's so amazing <laughs> so that became our song um, it's called Makna and Makna actually means sweetheart or um, sweet kind of yeah it's a, I like we're very sappy um, <laughs> and Makna is from the film Drive I've played it on this show before I just love it it's a fun song it's got a happy vibe but it's also kind of cheesy yeah yeah okay and, and he likes the song and I like it so there you go. That's have you played song. it on the show? Yeah, we. I have. I've played it a couple of times now. Okay. So I'm going to play again today. Okay. What would? Um, we're not going to be able to play your song of the. No, but you could do fine. that next week. But what? What would be your song that you would take? So in when we're in the middle of it uh, during the pandemic, um, 
Tetrishani, God bless him, Kenyan musician, singer, songwriter, created a list on uh, on um, on Spotify of alternative R&B songs that we've never heard that have been made by Kenyans or Kenyans in the diaspora. And uh, among those songs was a song called Holes by Njoki Karu. Okay. That is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Okay. It had me reaching out to her and saying, I love this song. It was my most played song of 2022. Uh, I think I'm in the top 0.1 percentile of people that played that song most on Spotify. I think we should play that. Let's play that instead of my song. I've played mine many times. Really? What is it again? So it's saying- called Holes by Njoki Karu. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely play that one at the end of the show. So we're gonna have to play yours next week. No, yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, listeners have heard it before; they know. So. <laughs> so there you go. It's just a beautiful, very very introspective um, song that that talks about. Oh, there's your. There you word. go. That's there's my word. word. Okay, yeah. so definitely we're playing that one. Yeah, yeah. It talks <laughs> about what what's going on inside of of, of her soul, and okay. then it's still acknowledges what's wrong but still has hope for the future all right i can't wait to hear it excellent okay luxury item yeah okay (laughs) what luxury item would you carry onto this desert island Uh, so there were three that i wanted is a hot shower a comfortable bed or an ipod if those came it came down to one iPod. Why? Because music just lifts me, right? When I'm depressed, music lifts me. When you're happy, music is there. On an island, you can dance like nobody's watching. So I'm going to take an iPod. Okay. So then I can take my song, All Makna. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a cheat. I'm played until you're sick of it. Yeah. There you right. go. Uh, I would take, I would take a, I don't know if you remember in the early 2000s when the home theater system became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. With a, 5.1 yeah. surround and you had your five speakers you're gonna oh and your God. subwoofer. No, but I would take an entire entertainment system just so long as the picture is good and the sound is good so I could watch every single film. Um, if you could invite one person onto the island for a Sunday brunch, who would it be and why? So Amar is probably, Amar is probably thinking it's going to be him and it's not. Ah. It's going to be the Dalai Lama. Okay. I would love to have brunch with him. I've seen him talk in London and I watch a lot of his stuff and I read a lot of his books. He has the funniest sense of humor. He's so wise and so down to earth and has so much to teach us. Mm -hmm. I would love to sit down with him and just chat. So, yeah, and and share share food. That's cool. Yeah, what about you? Do you have any idea what you'd eat? Yeah, it would have to be veggie, right? Although I'm veggie now. I can't. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'd like to like share like a Indian dosa with him or something. Yeah. So yeah, and masala chai. Okay. And just chat. Great. Yeah. I remember when he walked into the theater when we were in London, and he's like a little bit bent over. He's in his eighties, and he, he's he, in his eighties. Yeah, he's in his eighties. And I had no idea he <clears> old. Yeah, he and he w- he doesn't look at it at all. And he walked in, and this like there were thousands of people in this in this theater, and he literally walked on, and within seconds it was pin drop silence, wow. and then he just looked at everybody, and literally the whole auditorium just stood up and clapped. It was spontaneous, and it clapped for like minutes until he was like indicated us to stop and sit down, and then he spoke for two hours nonstop. What was that like? Oh, it was like. I, I, I get quite emotional when I think about it. He had so much to tell and so much to share and so much knowledge. And But he was funny with it. Like he would tell jokes and then he would laugh at his own jokes and then we would laugh at them because he was laughing. <laughs> All right. So who would you have? 
I would have a South Korean director, Bong Joon-ho. Okay. And um, a lot of people know Bong Joon-ho for his uh, film, uh, Best Picture Winner of uh, 2020. Okay. Um, the Oscars that were had just before the pandemic swept the world um, for his film, Parasite. Yeah. And Parasite seen is it. a satire of <clears throat> now. Worth watching. Okay. Film. Yes. Just completely worth watching. You're okay. going to love it so much. Okay. I assure you. All right. I, I have seen it um, about 10 times now, Ooh. which is not enough. Okay. Um, and uh, every time, every time I see it, there's something different. Now, I've been a fan of, of, of Bong Joon-ho for years now. Um, in fact, while we were shooting Lusala in 20, um, uh, 20, 2018, um, I, I borrowed a lot of the ideas around the cinematography from his film that's called Mother. Now, the thing I love about Bong is that he, first name basis with him already. <laughs> the thing I love about Bong is he's able to take the culture of South Korea and really make it accessible to the world Okay. in a beautiful way. There's no... And there's nothing artificial about his films. They're really, really grounded in the reality of what I imagine it's like to be living in Seoul or to be living in a small village in Korea, in South Korea. And he writes such beautiful characters and directs such beautiful photography and um, is able to get these performances out of his actors that are beautiful. You forget they're actors. You forget, you, 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 you think you're watching real life people that just happen to have a camera around them. And his stories are really entertaining. Okay. So I would love to just sit with him and talk with him about how he got started in all this, what the little magical moments were as he comes to making the films. He, like me, hates writing. Okay. Um, says it's one of the loneliest experiences ever. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. And I want to know how he's able to get to the other side of something. And I think the question I'd ask him is after the global success of Parasite, because Parasite was in 2019, what RRR is now. Okay. But on a deeper level. How do you come back from that, I, right? I, What's your next? How do you do it? Yeah. And I know he's confident enough to go, and I know he's still working and. Uh, I just would love to know what that's like and yeah. I all the beautiful collaborators around him. I think it's really hard when you've had such big success. How do you come back from that? That would it's be really true. fascinating. We should talk about that. Yeah, we can. Show. Okay, we'll um, definitely do that. Because yeah. I also would like the success of the Manic Monologues, which mm -hmm. was so successful last year. It's like, how do you come back from that for a first time producer like me? I don't know. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. For sure. um, so what would you, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Ah, uh, yes. And that is another question. I would tell my 20-year-old self, now this is a really good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, December, uh, the, the, the holiday season mm -hmm. has been very, when you talk about introspecting. Yes. And I'll tell you why. There's this box in the house, in my parents' house, and my mom was like, this box is not staying here anymore. <laughs> you find a way to get this thing out of my house. It's your you stuff. Don't, you don't live here anymore. Okay. <laughs> I like I, your mom. I, I like your mom, by the way. <laughs> You've met her. I met her at Manny yes. Monologues. I told her she, she had a genius of a oh, son, and she you. looked at me as if to say my son. <laughs> She likes you too. And she said, you know, this." she told me that and it really had me thinking differently about you. And I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Um, so she said, this box, this box has been here. You've not lived here for so many years. This, this box has to go. And it's been sitting in a corridor somewhere and being an eyesore. So I said, now I have to do it. So I had to sort through a lot of things. And I realized I was sorting through stuff in this box all the way back to 1997. Oh, my gosh stuff that i'd written over 20 odd years ago yeah 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 we're talking 25 25 years ago, years ago wow. 25 a quarter of a century ago i was 17 years old 
I think there's some that goes back to when I was 16. And okay. I look at my handwriting and I look at the things that I was saying and I was a tortured little soul. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing so, at your It's torture. fine. There, there were so many beautiful things going on in the oh. world right now that I was completely unaware of. But No, but that's so teenage angst. It really we is. all go through it. I had right? no idea I was so deep in it. So yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would reach out to my twenty-year-old self and be like, "Dude, you've beaten yourself up quite a bit already. Wow. Up until now, I, I think it's time to just coast a little. You don't have to be in control of everything. The world has got your back. Universe has got your back. Now, I would have to put it in words that the twenty-year-old would understand, and I'd be like." Jesus Christ has got your back. <laughs> wow. My brother. You were religious then? Oh, very. Okay. Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of the angst came from. Okay. And and I tell him, you know, he's got your back. He's okay. got your back regardless. Okay, we need to talk about... Re- so we need to make some notes about what we need to talk about. Let's religion talk about and yeah, we yeah. need to come back to that eventually. Yeah, um, how about you? What are you telling uh, 20-year-old Shalini? I have so much to say to her, <laughs> but I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep it quiet. Uh, sl- I'll keep it short mainly to be kinder to myself uh-huh. and to others. I was quite ruthless when I was 20, 21, very ambitious, which I am, but oh. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not as ruthless. I'm much kinder. Um, but I wish I had been kinder to myself then and just been kinder to other people. And actually, Jeremy made me a kinder person. Wow. And now Amar also is extremely grounding. He kind of, you know... And he's such a kind soul. He's such a lovely guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Amar, he's, he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. Um, and then also to say life is not a race. Just take things slower. Yeah. I want. I wish I had enjoyed the journey more. Yeah. I was on such a... Like, I've got to get there. I've got to be, this is the destination. And then you get to the destination, you realize it's not the destination. There's a lot more. So definitely enjoy the journey more. And that's, I think that's what this year is about. Introspection, enjoying the journey more and, and definitely just being kind, kind, mm. kind, kind. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm so lucky because again, Amr is such a kind soul. Mm. So I, I feel that when I see his kindness, I want to be kind like him. That's wonderful. Yeah, he's lovely. Anyway, how can people reach you, Mugambi? Well, um, um, I, I was I was meaning to take a break from social media, mm. but that's not going to happen because you know there's a lot of stuff happening now that I have to broadcast. Yeah. Um, so you can find me at it's Mugambi at i t s m u g a m b i on um, Instagram. That's pretty much it. Okay, um, cool. I I'm hardly ever on Twitter. My my account isn't even up there anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's too toxic. Yeah, it's too toxic. It, it, Twitter is, 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 is a lot for me. It yeah. It really gets inside my head. Um, Instagram has its own, you know. Yeah, again, that's something we need to talk about. On. Make a um, list, make a list. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. Here. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can find me on there. Cool. And um, yeah, if you see me on the streets, you know, say hello. Um, I always appreciate that. I, I, I like the one on one a lot more than having to reply DMs because I'm yeah. too good at that. Yeah, I'm terrible at DMs. If I haven't responded to your DM, I'm so sorry. If I haven't anyway. responded to yours, I'm sorry too. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> okay, and for me, you can get me on at JustJum, J-U-S-T-J-H-O-O-M. To all our listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counsellor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can 
can start the healing process. To play out the show, we're going to play Mugambi's final song choice, which was... by Njoki Karu. Perfect. This has been Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mugambi Ntiga. We're grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Hold through the curtains, hold Holds through my heart thin I patch them up These holes Holds in the curtains Holds Holds in my heart thin I paint them black Now they won't let the lights in I got lost in translation In between the lines, no one can read it I broke myself in the places I didn't ever think for could be And maybe someday I'll be enough Not for Should I fix them up when I see holes, holes in my wisdom, holes, holes in my knowledge, how do I see the way when my eyes just don't open, see I get lost in translation. In between the lines, no, can't read I break myself in the place I didn't ever think what could be And maybe someday I'll be enough Not for anyone Between the lines, no one can read. I still.
break myself in the places I didn't ever think born could be and maybe someday I'll be enough not for Someone is me.